0: In general, only something which is edible for humans to eat can gain Truma status, and therefore, animal food cannot become Truma. However, there's an exception, and that is Karschine Truma. This refers to a certain vegetable known as Vetch, which is Truma, and the reason why this can become Truma, even though it's animal food, is because when someone was short of food, for example in a famine, so then people would eat karshinim. So it is edible, and in times of need, it is considered human food. And the question is, it can become trimmer, so once a kohen receives it, what can he do with that trimmer? In general, one is not allowed to, sh- to feed his animals trimmer. But in this case, the kohen is allowed to feed the karshinim to domestic animals, to wild animals, to chicken. The reason being that that is considered the regular use of this food. So, although the only reason why it's obligated in truma is because it's considered human food, the general use of that food is for animals, and therefore you are allowed to feed it to animals. Continues the Mishnah: Yisrael shesachar A Yisrael who rents a cow from a kohen. So, since he is only renting it, the kohen is still considered to be the owner and the only owner, and therefore machilo kashinet The Yisrael, while he is renting the cow, is allowed to feed the cow kashinet truma because a kohen's animals are allowed to consume Kteruma, and this is still considered to be the kohen's animal. On the other hand, if a kohen rents a cow from a Yisrael, so the owner is still considered to be the Yisrael. So whatever the Yisrael is allowed to eat, his animals are allowed to eat. So since the Yisrael cannot eat Kteruma, even though the kohen is responsible for feeding the animal, Nevertheless, he is not considered the owner, and therefore the koin may not feed the animal Now that's with regards to regular renting, however, we're now going to see another form of renting where the halacha will be the exact opposite. Yisrael who was shom, a animal, or a cow from a kohen. Shom comes from the word shuma, which means to evaluate. And under this deal, the Israel takes the coins cow, and they evaluate how much the cow is worth, and the Israel will raise the cow often from when it's very young, and once the deal is over, so let's say the deal was that the Israel would raise the coins cow for a year, the agreement made is that the Israel needs to pay the original worth, the original value of the cow, and as well as that, the added value to the cow is shared between the Yisrael and the Kohen. So since the Yisrael is paying the Kohen the exact original value, we don't consider this to be a rental, rather more like a sale. So the Yisrael is considered to be the owner of the animal, and therefore, loya hilen'a karshin'i Truma, he cannot feed the animal karshinim of truma because the animal is owned by a Yisrael. However, Yisrael, if a Kohen did this deal with the Yisrael, so the kohen is going to raise the cow, now the kohen is considered to be the owner, and therefore he would be allowed to feed the animal truma, which is of kashinim, since he is not only responsible for feeding the animal, but he totally owns the animal for at least this time period. Mr. Yud, as we have seen a number of times throughout the Mesechda, if truma becomes tome, then a kohen is not allowed to eat it, rather he has to burn the truma, but he is allowed to benefit from burning that, so for example if he's burning oil, then he can use that for light. Now, Mid-Jabonon, just like it's forbidden for a non coin for a Czar, to eat truma, it's also forbidden for him to benefit from the burning of truma. So, if there's no coin around, then certainly it will be forbidden for a Yisrael to light a wick which is in truma oil in order to benefit from the light, even if he has the permission of the coin. because a Yisrael, a Czar, is not allowed to benefit from the burning of truma. However, the Rabbonon did make a few exceptions, and for example, Madlikin Madlik in it is permitted to light Shemensarefa, which literally means burnt oil, but Shemensarefa always refers to oil, which is truma, which became tome and therefore needs to be burnt. So the truma oil can be burnt by Bavote in shuls of Bavote Medrashas, and in Bote Medrash, where people learn Torah and and in dark, public alleyways, because in these three cases, it's a public need. And in case of a public need, even if there are no khanim there, the Rabbonon did not decree that Zorim cannot benefit from tremor, and therefore in a p- case of a public need, this would be permitted. Now there's another leniency, and that is, Val Gabea above ill people, if people are visiting the ill person, and there's no light there, then they are also able to benefit from the light of a wick which is in trimmer oil. However, in that case, it has to be Birshus Kohen. With the permission of a Kohen, and the truth is, many understand this to mean, that a Kohen has to be there as well. And then, if a Kohen lights the candle for himself, so other people can also benefit. Because he is not increasing the amount of light because of the other people. Because he himself needs the same amount of light. So since the Kohen is lighting it totally for himself... Zorim will also allow to benefit from that in that situation. But in a regular case where it's not for an ill person, it's not for a mitzvah or a public need, then even if a coin is doing it for himself, a Zor would not be able to benefit. So we see that in a case of a public need, then even if a coin is not there, it's permitted, and in a case of a mitzvah, such as visiting an ill person, it is permitted as long as there's a coin there. Based on this, we're going to have a four-way machlekes To do with a couple of other places where oil was burnt for light and those places are firstly a Beis HaMishteh which is a house of feasting and it refers to a wedding, a wedding celebration and the other one is a Beis HaOvel. A house of mourning. So both these places are facilitating a mitzvah, either to comfort mourners or to bring joy to the chosn and kala, to the bride and groom who just got married. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, it is permitted to light Shem sereifa in a wedding hall. But not in a mourning house. The Rabbi Yehuda, that is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, and the reason for Rabbi Yehuda is that they are both places of a mitzvah, so it should be allowed, because there are khanim in both places. However, in a house of mourning, we're concerned that a non-Kohen, a czar, might move one of the lamps to a corner where only he is benefiting from it, and therefore it's forbidden there, whereas in a wedding, people are, very, are wearing very nice clothes, they're dressed up, so they won't come to move the lamps, because then they'll get oil on their hands, and risk dirtying their clothes. So that's Rehuda's opinion, however, Rehuda says the exact opposite, but they saw Avel, it is permitted in a House of Mourning of Olibi Vesa but not in a wedding hall, and the reason for this is that in a house of mourning, people are very sad and serious, so they're unlikely to start moving everything around. However, at a wedding, people are very happy and joyous, they're less serious, so they are more likely to start moving around the lamps, so they might come to move it to a place where there are no carnim, and therefore it is permi- It is forbidden to burn Shem serefa for the sake of light in a wedding. Third opinion, <laughs> Rabbi Meir Oyser Khan. Rabbi forbids both these cases, and he combines both Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yose's opinions. He says that you can't do it at a wedding hall because since people are happier, they might come to move the oil. And you can't do it in a house of mourning because people haven't got such nice clothes, so they're not concerned about getting oil on their hands. And finally, Rabbi Shimon Matar Khan, Rabbi Shimon permits <laughs> both cases. Again, using both Rabbi Huda and Rabbi logic, that at a wedding, people have dirty, people have very nice clothes, so they don't want to dirty their clothes, so they won't move the lamp. And in a mourning place, people are very serious, so they won't move the lamps. So you see, we've got four different opinions, which cover all of the options here, as to whether one is allowed to move a lamp in a wedding hall or a house of mourning, and whether we're concerned that it will be moved to a place where only a Yisrael is there and not any Karnim. Solik Maseches Trimus, the longest Masechta in Seder Zerayim, Mazel Tov. Masechus Miserus contains five Prakim only, and it's the first of a few shorter Masechdas in Seder Zerayim. Now the term Masechus is usually used as a collective term for all the different tithes, so Trimur, which is the gift which goes to Karnim, Masechus which is a tenth of one's produce which goes to a Levi, Masechus which is a tenth of one's produce which he eats himself but he has to eat it in Yerushalayim, and Meisr only applies in the 1st, 2nd, 4th and 5th years of the Shmita cycle. There's a 7 year cycle, at the end of which is the year of Shmita, where it's forbidden to work with the land, and in the 1st, 2nd, 4th and 5th years of the Shmita cycle, one is obligated to separate Meisr for himself. Now in the other 2 years, in the 3rd and the 6th year, there's a different obligation and that is Meisr Oni which is a tenth of one's produce which goes to poor people. So these are the main tithes, and also when the lavi receives mycerition, which is a tenth of the farmer's produce, he has to separate a tenth of that and give it to a coin as trumus mycer. So the term mycerus refers to all these different tithes, and the meseta begins with two fundamental rules with regards to mycerus the said a rule with gods to Meisris. And before we see the rule, it's important to know that although this is subject to debate, most Mephorishim hold that only grapes, olives, and grain are obligated according to the Torah in Mephorishim. All other food which is obligated is only obligated to Midirabanon. This is the majority opinion amongst the Mephorishim. And so the rule which we're going to give now, according to that opinion, is Midirabanon. And although we're going to explain that it's learnt from a POSUK, so how can it be mid The answer is, this is known as an Asmachta, which is a sort of hint which the rabbanon find in the Torah for something which they decree themselves, but it's not actually the source for the law because it's only mid Be it as it may, the Mishnah tells us that the Chachom said a rule with regards to the tides. What exactly is obligated in the tides? So there are three conditions, number one, it has to be food, human food, something which is eaten regularly by human beings. Secondly, the nishmar. It has to be guarded, meaning it has to have an owner. So if it's hefka, if it's ownerless, then it will be exempt from Mithras. And thirdly, the gedul of minna'aretz, that has to grow from the ground, and gain nourishment from the ground, so food like mushrooms, which gain nourishment from the air and not the ground, those would be exempt from maestros, but things which have these three conditions, that it's food, that it's owned by somebody, and then it gains nourishment from the ground, Chaiba ba would be obligated in the tides. And the asmakta, the hint in the Torah for these three conditions is that the Torah says aser to aser You should tithe all the produce of your seed. So the fact that it's called produce shows that it has to be food. The fact that it's the produce of your seed shows that it has to be something which goes from the ground. And the fact that it says your seed echa shows that it has to be owned by somebody, and therefore if it's ownerless, it will be exempt from mistress. So that's rule number one. Rule number two, the Chachoms had another rule with regards to what is considered obligated in Maeserous, or more, to be more precise, at what stage does something become obligated in Maeserous? So the answer is, anything which is considered food, both at the beginning of its growth and at the end of its growth, for example vegetables. Even when vegetables have only grown a little bit, they're considered edible. Even if he keeps it in the ground, so that it grows more food, and it grows larger, he's obligated to tithe it, whether he uproots it when it's small, or when it's big. Since at any point that he uproots it, it's considered edible, it will be obligated in tithes at whatever point that he uproots it. However, any food which is not considered edible food, at the beginning of its growth, only at the end of its growth, once it's grown a lot more, it would only be obligated in tithes once it has reached that stage where it's considered edible. But if you uproot it before that stage, so it's not edible for humans to eat, then it will be exempt from tithes. One source for this is that the Torah calls the produce which is obligated in Meisres a fruit which implies that it's a fully developed fruit and not something which is barely edible, and therefore if it is uprooted before the stage where it's considered edible for humans to eat, then it would be exempt from maestrus. Now this second rule will really take us through many mishnais of this Mesechda, which will discuss the stage at which produce becomes obligated in maestrus. Now food does not need to be totally ripe for it to be obligated in maestrus. As long as it's edible and fit for consumption, it will be obligated in maestrus. Meaning the farmer will be obligated to separate myces from that produce. So Mishnah base begins and asks, May appears from when does different types of produce become obligated in Mycers? And this stage is known as Onus HaMyseres, the season or the stage at which produce becomes developed enough that it will be obligated in Trumus and Mycers. So the Mishnah begins its list, figs, from when they begin to ripen, which is when they begin to whiten as well. Vaha novim grapes, which are a type of bad quality grape, which refers to the stage at which the outer skin of the grape can be seen through so you can see the seeds of the grape from outside these are two different types of red berries, but at the first few stages of its growth, they are green. So the Mishnah says that M'shea from when they start to redden, and they are now considered to be red berries, that is when they are ripe enough to be edible and therefore obligated in maestres. And the Mishnah says that in fact, V'cholcha Adumim, and all plants whose fruit is red, but at the beginning of the growth it is green, Mishia Adimu, as soon as they redden, that is when they are obligated in Maesurus, if they are uprooted then. Horomonium, pomegranates, Mashiya Masu, from when they soften, and this means that as soon as one pomegranate seed, or the red part around the seed, can be crushed by one's hand, as soon as it's soft enough for that, then it becomes in maestres, hatamorim, dates. Mshayotilu se'ur, from once they've developed, like dough which contains yeast. And that means that once the dates start to develop cracks, that is a sign that they are beginning to ripen. Ha'afarskim, peaches, Micheltilu gidim. Once they have developed stringy parts, like sinews, on one's body. So that's a sign that they have ripened, at least enough that they are edible and hergeizim, walnuts, mshayasrimugura, which literally means once they develop a storehouse, and this refers to the stage where the actual nut in the walnut, the fleshy part of the nut, detaches itself from the shell, so it sort of sits in the shell as opposed to being attached to it, so in that sense the shell is like a storehouse, and that it is holding the fleshy part of the nut, and once that occurs it's considered edible enough, and fit for human consumption, but Rabbi Yehudah, Rabbi Yehudah says, goes mash, gedim, walnuts and almonds only become obligated in Maesurus at a later stage, and that is Mishayasu kalipa, once they develop a proper shell, and this is actually referring to the layer of the shell, which is on the inside of the shell, and covers the fleshy part of the nut itself, and this only really occurs at the end of the ripening stage, and according to Rabbi that is when it becomes edible enough that it is obligated in Maesurus.